Hello and welcome to Tea Time Theology. Our guest today is the Canon Megan Brower, Director of the Episcopal Conference Center in Rhode Island. Hi Megan, thank hey. you so much for being here today. Thanks Ivy, I'm excited to be here. Yes. So I want to start more like general. So the title of this season is Bumper Sticker Bible. And what does that mean to you in like the larger sense? I think uh, honestly it just makes me think of all uh, not just bumper stickers that I've seen on cars, but just all of the ways that we plaster either a reference to a scripture passage, like just the scripture or Bible, the Bible verse itself, but also just little blurbs of scripture on bumper stickers, on billboards, on signage. You know, we have a way in our culture not so much here in the, not as much here in the Northeast, right? Yeah. But like in this country, we have a way of just kind of, um, it's like almost clickbait, right? Like mm-hmm. just throwing a passage of scripture up somewhere to, I don't know, I guess that's part of the conversation we can have, right? To what end? Why do we, why do we do that? And is it effective? And what does it make people think about? And do people rush to the Google yes. to, to find out what's going on? But I would call it a curiosity for me, Mm -hmm. is what it is. When we told the bishop that this was the title, he called them something else. He called them clobber passages, which I, first of all, had never heard of before. Mm -hmm. Um, But I found that very interesting because I don't know if all of them are, like, to clobber you or or not. Right. I don't... I, let's I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We can talk about it. (laughs) I was like, what a... What a weird way i mean i guess there are certain ones that you do use to sort of like clobber people into line i guess well and i think that what's interesting and i'm i'm curious to get into this a little later in our conversation but like what is the intention and what is the impact and is the impact do do the two match Mm -hmm. so i'm not sure if anybody would go out of their way to say oh i'm putting this scripture passage on my t-shirt on a sign on my car to with the intention to clobber and yet mm-hmm. I totally understand why he would call them that because yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense and I think that's the impact for a lot of people definitely so the specific one that you chose is John three sixteen, which is for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life so I want to start, why did you pick this one? Because I gave you a list of like 10. I I know, I know. But this one jumped out to me right away because it is the first passage that I ever saw like this, where it was just, and when I was a kid, I grew up in Newport. I still live there. I did leave for a period of time, but I grew up in Newport and out on Brenton Point, which is the state park around Ocean Drive. And it's where they fly all the kites, right? So there's kite festivals there in the summer. And again, not a bumper sticker, but I remember being a little girl and going out there and there was this one guy who had all of these kites, dozens and dozens of kites and every single kite said John 316 on it. And so, so I jumped at this one, which I have since regretted by the way, because in preparing for being with you today, I was like, I don't have what it takes to actually talk about this passage of scripture because it's really overwhelming for me. But, but I couldn't help but choose this one because I remember being a little girl and being like, Mom, what is John 3.16? And her, and she told me it's a passage from Scripture. Because I'm not even sure. I was so young, I'm not even sure I realized that it was a Bible reference, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, what is the passage of Scripture? And I'm pretty sure she was a good Catholic girl growing up. So I'm pretty sure she did actually recite the verse mm-hmm. for me. But it meant I didn't understand it at all. It meant nothing to me. And I couldn't figure out why it would go on all the kites, right? So I just remember having this early, early encounter with this and being like, I'm not quite sure why this is on the kite. And you would think, 
after 15 years of ordained ministry as a now 43 year old, almost 44, that I might be able to now make sense of it. But I, I, I feel exactly the same way that I felt as a little kid. Like, why are we putting this on kites? I don't understand. I haven't seen the kite guy in a long time. I'm not sure if he's still around. But I have, I have seen John 316 everywhere else since yeah, then. Definitely. Um, so I want to talk about what comes right after it. Mm. Because I think what's really important is putting it into context. And that's one of the main things that I thought would be important through this. And the part that comes right after it is... For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Which I thought was interesting thinking Uh about those clobber passages that Uh. like, this is the sentence that comes right after it. Right, because nobody puts on a bumper sticker, God did not come to condemn you. God came to love. There is no... With that as a bumper sticker, I would consider putting on my car. Yes, (laughs) yes, definitely. That's not what we put anywhere. And then, so that's 17. And then 18 is whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not yet believed in the name of God's one and only son. And what context do you think adding that to that initial gives us of like a larger context of the Bible quote? Well, so it's so interesting, too, because even if you zoom out a little bit more like this, this passage in John, which like there's this big focus in the gospel of John on belief, believing in God, right? And, and believing that Jesus is God's son, the Messiah. Um, but he's encountered Nicodemus and Nicodemus is trying to understand and he references this passage um, from the Old Testament about the serpent on the stick in the wilderness. Like, There's all of these things going on here. And I don't know, I guess I just think this is why it's dangerous any time ever to pull out one passage of scripture and try to call people's attention to it because it's so important to understand the bigger context of, mm-hmm. of anything, right? And I kind of get it. Like I like I kind of get how this one has garnered the attention because it it is central to our to our Christianity and that we mm-hmm. are calling calling attention to Jesus as God's son and and there is this beautiful opening right that God so loved the world so that's appealing I can see how we would want (laughs) to lead with that but then I don't know about you anytime I read a passage of scripture when there's anything about um what's the word uh perish perishing anytime there's perishing weeping and gnashing of teeth condemnation like any anything any anything like that, I, that's the part I fixate on. And I don't know if that's because of the context of Christianity that we've grown up with in the United States and the way that Christianity has been used, I think, to weaponize and to harm. I don't know. Or like, is it just like the Catholic guilt from my ancestry? It could be. Like, I (laughs) don't, I couldn't even tell you exactly where it came from. But as soon as there's anything in there, it's like so easy for me to hyper focus mm-hmm. on that part right so i can't even hear the god so loved the world part because all i can hear is and i think this is a little bit how this passage has been weaponized and used all i can hear is that perishing is a possibility mm-hmm. right so i better watch out because the options are believe or perish and that's not how i live in my faith and my religion mm-hmm. so it so yeah it is hard i think because i also think specifically in um the episcopal religion we don't i I wouldn't call us like a bumper sticker group um i like well in order to have a bumper sticker about your christianity you would have to be like willing to let people know that you are christian and i think that like i actually think we could really use some better pr in the episcopal church because I think we're so we so much want to disassociate mm-hmm. from the evangelical church and and the denominations in the Christian church that have done damage that sometimes we go too far in the other direction and we don't even want to. Yeah. I mean, I, we might have even talked about this the last time I came here where I said, like, people people will say, like, I'm spiritual, but not religious or um, or so they'll say to me, oh, so you're religious. 
mm-hmm. when I say that I'm an ordained priest. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Wait, no. I know I'm not really because of that. Yeah. Connotation. So anyway, I think we've separated, we've separated so much in the Episcopal church. I think we could, we could stand. I don't know if bumper stickers is the solution, but (laughs) being a little bit more vocal and forthcoming about our faith and the way we practice it in the world could help our cause a little bit. It could definitely. (laughs) But I think what's interesting about that is because I feel like the Episcopal church is so like context based that by using these sorts of like one-off things, it just seems very strange to me as like a born and raised Episcopalian. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was thinking about it on the way here. I, I like there's this degree to which it makes sense to me that the Catholic church didn't, um, didn't translate the Bible into a language that people could read or understand for so long. There's, there's a, there's an, there's an appeal to that. Right. Like yeah. I'm like, Oh, oh maybe better that you can't, don't read the whole thing because we, like, it's so easy to not understand it fully, not appreciate the context, not use it in a way that is helpful or even of God. It is terribly confusing. I was uh, having a conversation with someone the other day because in my uh, work, I get asked often, people say to me, what is there, what is a children's Bible that you would recommend? And mm-hmm. I'm always like, uh, baby, none of them (laughs) which isn't because there's not good children's bibles out there because there are but i think so often we water down the stories of scripture so that they're palatable for children Mm -hmm. and then when children grow up and can read those bible stories themselves they just become confused like what noah's ark isn't a good nursery story i don't understand right Mm -hmm. um and so it's it it's just hard it's hard to like understand scripture and understand the meaning and how to live into what we learn mm-hmm. in scripture. Anyway, this isn't the point of your podcast, but I tell people to watch Veggie Tales. I love Veggie Tales because I think Veggie Tales does a great job of telling the story with like wacky substitutes, right? So like people are throwing fish at each other, but then when you read the passage as an adult, you see that there's actual fighting happening. But you're like, well, that actually tracks for what I saw. Mm-hmm. And, like, they do a good job of staying true to the story without just eliminating the parts that are hard to understand. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Anyway, this whole part. Back to this particular <laughs> scripture passage. Yes. It's, I, it's been kind of making my own brain hurt a little bit, just thinking mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Being here with you. Because, of course, of course I appreciate the meaning of it. Of course I, you know... Of course, I believe that Jesus is the son of God and have experienced God's great love through that gift. And I can't, and I don't like it. I don't like the passage. I don't like the way it's used. I don't think it's helpful to just throw it out there on mm-hmm. a bumper sticker or on a sign. Did you know that they put this passage on in and out cups? Well, we don't have in and out here. Yes, because and... I am a child of this millennia. So I Googled. Yeah. <laughs> so did I. This is how I found this out. And like, I also... There was a Boston Globe article about all the ways it's used. And I was like, this is wild. And then I was going to email you and be like, do we really want to do this one? Oh, no, I know. I agree. <laughs> do you want to pick a different one? We could, there's some great Esther ones. <laughs> no, oh, but man. I think it's so important. To, I think it's important to talk about. And I read, I don't remember if it was the article you sent me or something else that I read about. I think it was Tim Tebow who put it. Yeah. And like, that it was how many times it was Googled during the sports game. But like, yeah. so what happens, Ivy? What happens if you Google this? What if What if you, regardless of kind of what con- religious context you might have grown mm-hmm. up in, what happens when you Google, and this is the passage you read, right? That God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that you might not perish but live, but have eternal life. Well, I will tell you that the very first um, thing is BibleGateway.com. Bible gateway. Yeah, but that's always the first. That's, that's like, always the first. But all that, that doesn't really. That just gives you the whole line. It doesn't really tell you anything. And what's interesting is because now that Google is like taking over the world, it says like, do you want to know like what it means? Is there like and a John316.com? Let's find out. Yeah. Maybe we should take over the, maybe we should create a website. <laughs> No, it's just Bible Gateway. And then people also ask, what does the quote John 3.16 mean? Uh 
It makes sense. And it serves as a thesis statement of their faith. That is what Google tells us. Well, I mean, I think that's the thing, right? There's a lot yeah. of people who say that this is like the the central message of the Christian faith summed up. And I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. I mean, if what we're trying to say is that like being a Christian means you believe that Jesus is the son of God and that eternal life is a possibility, not a possibility, it's really a promise. Like, yes, but is that the only reason we're in it? Yeah. Like, is that it? We just need to have our personal relationship with Jesus Christ so we can be assured that death is not the end. And like, it turns Christianity very transactional. Yeah, exactly. Which is like very weird exactly exactly and like i don't i just i don't know and then i think it has been used by the evangelical church in such a way that it has done a lot of damage for folks because if you don't ascribe to this then where does that leave you Mm -hmm. right perishing yeah great that's the, awesome. that's, that's what we want people to take away from, <laughs> from you know, yes. God so loved the world that he would strike you down if you don't ascribe to a certain way of thinking. It just doesn't, it doesn't track. It doesn't track. No. And one more weird thing that it's on, it's at the bottom of every Forever 21 I, bag. This shocked me. I saw this shocked <laughs> me. This is enough to make me not want to shop at a store. Oh, wow. I I just, and like, isn't that weird? You would think that I would be like, yeah, cool. Somebody is putting scripture on a, I just, and like, what a, that might be the even bigger conversation I have around this, like bumper sticker Bible is, I, I wish there were some stats out there. Like, does, has this brought people closer to God? Right. Mm-hmm. Or has it, does it turn more people away and then I kept thinking like what would I put on a bumper sticker Mm. what would I I think Bishop Curry's done some really good stuff with the way of love just as far as getting that language out there for folks right like the Jesus movement is good too but just like trying to focus on the thing that could actually help people to understand the enormity of God's love in a way that could be transformative Mm -hmm. instead of punitive right Mm. like that there is punishment to be had if and i get it it's all over scripture i get it but to just put one piece out there like that i don't know Mm. i don't it it i find it like it repels me more than it draws me in now do you think you speaking and this is not the quote we were talking about but it um it reminds me in the passion the um father they don't know they what know not what they do yeah they know not what they do and i feel like that is sort of what you are sort of distilling down this idea that like because this is all larger and more wonderful than what we can understand mm-hmm. we either try and distill it too much so then it loses all meaning or we kill it yeah i don't know or do damage with it Right? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's what it's become. It's become just so polarized. And, I, and I, I hesitate to even, I don't, I don't, I don't want it to seem like I'm just dismissing the evangelical church. Like, no. people find paths to God in so many ways. And the last thing I ever want to do is say, well, the Episcopal church just does it the best. Or we're... I mean, I'm, I'm pretty biased towards the Episcopal Church, right? Mm-hmm. But there are lots of ways that people have had their lives impacted and changed because of their faith and because of their experience in Christian community. But I also just can't ignore the way people have been, been hurt mm-hmm. and excluded and just this, this polar opposite of what I believe this message is about. That, like, God did love the world so much that God would go to any length to reach us, mm-hmm. to share that message of love, to show us that the very worst thing that we could imagine is not the end, right? Mm-hmm. That redemption and new life and resurrection are always possible. Mm-hmm. It's, like, such a beautiful message, but it has become believe a certain way or death will be the end. Mm-hmm. Believe a certain way or you're going to go to hell. Yeah. Believe a certain way or you will perish. I don't, I don't think that's what it's about. No, 
This might be a weirdly hard question, so I'm going to start Great. saying I'm cool. sorry. Cool. Do you know, <laughs> like, you know how there's certain um, Bible quotes that are done at weddings? Usually there's certain ones that are done mm-hmm. at funerals, certain, like, there's always, like, the King Sunday right before Advent starts. Mm-hmm. Do you know where this lies within the lectionary? Yes. Well, it comes up, I think it comes up a couple different times, but it comes up in Lent. Mm. Um, in one cycle of the lectionary. Uh, actually, I think it comes, it might come up in, I'd have to look and see if it comes up every year in the lectionary. But mm-hmm. Lent is often when it comes up. Um, thankfully not at weddings or funerals <laughs> no i mean it does sort of count it's, as a yeah. funeral <laughs> message it's true i, I guess, guess. <laughs> it's true but yeah and it's it lent it makes sense to, to you know it makes sense in, in lent i think especially it's usually paired with that passage from the old testament about all the and and this one i i um actually really like this passage from uh, Exodus, where the people are in the wilderness and they're being killed by these serpents, and Moses goes to God and says, "What am I supposed to do?" These people, like, and God says, "Take the serpent and kill it and put it up on a stick, and everybody needs to look at the serpent, and if they look at the serpent, they will live." Mm. And it's totally weird. Yeah. Um. But I heard a great I had a great sermon once about. Um how important it is to look at the things that are killing us Mm. to like understand and move through those things. And that's always kind of stayed with me. But then they use that, that that, because Jesus references this when he's having the conversation with Nicodemus, right? Nicodemus is trying to make sense about who Jesus is. And so that's the like reference is that then, Mm. you know, yeah, I don't love when this, lectionary and I got to tell you the other thing I googled was just some sermon like some episcopal sermons on Mm. this and I'm not the only priest that doesn't love preaching on this passage that's a pretty like and I think the feeling is that there should be that this should be an easy one it Mm -hmm. should be a slam dunk for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that we all might live like who is not on board with that right I, Mm -hmm. I think we all feel like this should be an easy thing to preach on but then it's not because of the way it's been used in our culture. Mm-hmm. And forever 21. <laughs> I just, yes. I mean, I wouldn't really, I probably like wouldn't be shopping there anyway. I'm just past that That's fair. stage of life because I, I didn't stay 21 uh, actually. But yeah. um, I was really surprised. And it, I, the clothes they sell are also not what I would like <laughs> I know, consider like Christian. <laughs> conservative clothes as someone who has shopped there when I was like not even 21 by 21 I was like wearing different clothes but yeah it's just very fascinating I just I just I don't know I and what I will say for this even though as soon as I realized what we were actually talking about I started to dread it because I thought oh I'm just gonna make I'm gonna be a bumbling mess about this passage it's it's complicated and it's confusing but it really caused me to like spend some time thinking about like okay so how what is my message how do I live my life in a way that brings people to God and because I actually appreciate the effort even though I'm like I'm not even sure if I would shop at forever 21 because John 316 is on the bag because what happens is I make some assumptions Mm -hmm. about how Christianity might be practiced there right Mm -hmm. Um, but like, what could they put on a bag that would make me think, oh, I, I do feel loved. I feel more loved by God because of this. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you do out there in this secular world? Like, how do you, that's my question for you, Ivy. What do yeah. you like? <laughs> how, how do you show God's love to other people? Mm. I think that's really hard. And I think, because I was a church choir kid, I always, um, even though I don't particularly like this song, but the they will know we are Christians mm. by our love. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we used to sing it at camp all the time. Like, it's not a great tune. I don't like tune. it either. <laughs> it's really not a great tune. But I think the words were, like, really there um, yes. in that sort of, in that sort of idea 
Uh, and I know one thing my friend told me once when I was in college that was like the best like thing. She was like, you are the chillest Christian I have ever met. <laughs> and I was like, so honored. She was like, you don't force anyone to do anything. You just like do your own thing. And you're nice to people. And I was like, great. We're right. like doing the thing. That's what I want to be known for. Um, and I think that is like what I always do. Because I really look at like my job as sort of my own vocation. Because yeah. I work for a nonprofit. Yeah. And I think that at the end of the day, that that is how we are guided. And I always lean more in to the love aspect. Yes. Because I do love what Michael Curry says, is that if it's not about love, it's not, not about, about God. Yeah. And I put that, this is a little tangent, but they did a survey on the new presiding bishop. Yes, new one. I saw that. And I filled mine out, and it said, like, is there anything else that you want to know? And they're like, do you want them to be a good theologian, a good pastor, like all this stuff? And at the very end, I was like, this is the most important thing, is that if it's not about love, it's not about God. And I put, I want someone who is kind Mm. because I think that is the cornerstone of the Christian Mm. faith. It's like the invisible fourth leg of Mm. the, of the stool in that if it is not about that, then where, what are, what are we doing here? Like, why, what are we doing? It's interesting because, um, as you mentioned at the beginning, you know, I'm the director of ECC and um, we have hundreds of young people that come to camp every summer. And if you ask them, like, I only, I think really a small percentage of them would say that they were Christian. A slightly larger percentage might say they believe in God. But I think most of them, and some of this is just kind of, I think, like, you know, I think it's really natural to like ask these questions and be figuring these things out when you're developing in, in your teenage years, especially. But I think a lot of them have had an experience of the institutional church that is not appealing to them and, and they're just trying to figure out what they think. Right. Um, so it, I think an awful lot of them would not even necessarily say that they believe in God, which I hate to, uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't like to like really call attention to that. Cause I'm, you know, <laughs> feels like wait a minute but if you were to ask them how many of them have experienced transformative love in that place it would be almost everybody mm-hmm. you know and like life-changing like mm-hmm. life-changing love and acceptance and at the end of the day I'm like what what if it was like would I want everybody to say yes I'm a Christian but no I haven't experienced life changing love in this place no like I choose the love that is what mm-hmm. I hope that they're experiencing in this community I happen to believe that part of why that transformative love exists there is because of God's presence in that place and because of our worship and our singing and everything we do together but but yeah I I agree with you and we sang that song. They'll know we are Christians by our love. And I'm so sorry, Carol Frank, but I didn't really like it. <laughs> um, but but boy, I still, the words echo in my mind all the time. Yeah, I just don't know how to put it on a bumper sticker or a shopping bag. It's true. And I think that that is what is hard, is that you want something that I can put on a bumper sticker. I, I kind of do. I recently bought a new computer and I'm a big sticker person Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I have been trying to find stickers and I like have I have not yet found the the good Jesus sticker that I wouldn't mind having on my laptop I did have the Episcopal Church shield before on my old laptop sure because I had gotten that at an EYE or some convention thing Mm -hmm. which Um, nobody really knows not nobody but some no, it was a very understated. Um, but I do think it's really hard to distill all the facets because when you think of like a life of Christian faith, it does have the joys and the sadness and the anger mm-hmm. and all those different things, and that's not usually something you can still really distill very prettily into a bumper sticker or some sort of sticker which is kind of hard yeah absolutely absolutely because it's trying to put 
in a feeling into words. That has historically not been the church's strength. <laughs> right, and a whole experience. But at the same time, I just I think there needs to be a counterpoint. I think there needs to be some other kind of option out there. And because we don't have one, and, and that, back to Bishop Curry, I think one of the great things he's done for the Episcopal Church is just gotten, like, he's gotten us noticed mm-hmm. because he is so compelling and so wonderful. And, you know, and because of his particularly high visibility points that he's had over the course of his time as presiding bishop, like, I, I do think people have noticed and come to learn about the Episcopal Church in new ways, but we can't all be Bishop Curry. No. Um, and so they're there need to be some other ways and it's like we can do what we can to let people know there's that there is a version of Christianity that does um let you know that you are loved by God on mm-hmm. you know without <laughs> reservation and it doesn't matter about what choices you make about how you're going to live your life and there, you know and like there is that's I'm not trying to take out this whole piece about like um about sin and because that's a real that's a real piece of my Christian life too right like that there is there are ways that I am separated from God there are ways that I seek my own will instead of God's will and there is a process that's really important to me in my life of faith to figure out those ways and to have those course corrections and come back in alignment with God. Right. So I'm not trying to say like, it's only ever about love and goodness and you're never asked to be a better version of yourself or there's nothing hard about it. Cause I, I don't want to say that either. Like, I think there is something hard about this. Right. Um, like it, it, it is a way of life that calls you over and over again to, to put God first and to like figure out how to, align your will, you know, to follow God's will and to align your life that way and to be the best version of yourself that you can Mm -hmm. be. But it's not about these external factors. Like, well, it depends on like who you love and how you identify and all of the ways, or if you've been divorced or all of the ways that we have Mm -hmm. decided whether or not people are to be loved by God. That's not, that's not it. And that's the part that we just need this like better PR campaign yeah <laughs> right for the church without dismissing this other yes piece, how right? do how do you explain the concept of sin without harming people because i know i even when Just i the word yeah because i know even when i was in like um like high school and middle school and i was going to church and i like I had not a fight, but I was like very strongly worded because I could not understand how Jesus could become fully human and not sin mm. because we're told in everything that like sin is a part of humanity. Mm-hmm. And that was just, I still don't. And you want to take on that question. No, no, no. That's not the point of this podcast. I don't think. You're bring somebody um, else in for that one. <laughs> um, but that was something that I had like a really hard time grasping. And I don't know if I have still fully grasped it. Um, but I think that we do sort of get this language that like sin is part of humanity and you cannot be human without sinning. But then how do you also bring that back into the sort of like whoever believes in him will not perish? And how do those interact with each other? I don't actually know if there was a question in there. Okay. But... Yeah, I'm going I'm to come back just a minute. So you're saying like, well, and what is this passage what does this passage suggest? This passage suggests that the sin would be not believing. Not believing. Yes. Yeah, I just don't really care for that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> like I, 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 I don't think belief like can fall. I, I don't I, I I don't think it's that binary, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think that it is my sticker on my computer says trust the process. Mm. That's the sticker I have. It's my first sticker. Thinking about getting more. That does, yeah. It doesn't openly say I believe in God or anything like it, but that's my laptop sticker because I just think this life of faith, my life with God, like everything about it is a process and it ebbs and flows. And I have chapters of my life where it is so easy to feel secure in... God's love and in 
my own walk with God and my own interaction with community because of that faith that I have, right? And the way I live in the world. And and there and there's chapters where that that comes really naturally. And then there's chapters where I don't understand anything at all. And what are we doing? And have I have I like chosen this whole career path that d- doesn't make any sense? And you know, what are, what are we doing? What is the church? Like, there's so many questions and it, but it's a, but it's a process. And I can't believe in a God that would punish me for having those periods of mm-hmm. doubt or confusion, nor do I believe in a God that punishes people who do not ascribe to Jesus Christ as the only way to mm-hmm. God. You know, I'm like not comfortable with that either. That's really putting mm-hmm. God in a box, I think. Right. Yeah. That like of all the people of faith in all different, you know, in all different religions around the world. I, I can't go. I can't. I can't sign up for that either. I think that's a okay line to have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that makes sense. Um, and just one like real nitpicky word thing. What do you think of the phrase that he gave his only begotten son? Because that is said so many times in like in the prayer book. I feel like that's, it's in the Eucharist and like, Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. It's in one of them. There's four. Okay. So some of this, this is when we're really out of my depth here. Right. But again, like some, the uh, John's gospel, like, and I'm reaching deep, <laughs> deep back into my New <laughs> Testament class in seminary that I was having trouble tracking when I was in the class. But like the, like John's gospel is about establishing Jesus as the Messiah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so because we're remembering this was like the introduction of a new religion in the Mm -hmm. world. Right. One that like, not surprisingly, plenty of people then and plenty of people today are like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) (laughs) You want me to believe what story (laughs) that God had a human son and that he Mm -hmm. gave him up so that he could be brutally murdered and then he came back to life? I mean... Mm, it's not like yeah. super believable as far as stories go, right? And so part of this is just this like, it is inviting people into an outrageous story that has lots of mystery. But I think that especially in John's gospel, that was like what John, the author of the gospel, was trying to establish, right? Over mm-hmm. And so I think so much of the language kind of points in that direction. I think... Though you might want to fact check this part of the podcast with somebody else. No, no. <laughs> but That's so I think that some of it. But yeah, I I really like to think about about it. Like I said earlier, that God that God would go to any length to reach us in a mm-hmm. way that would help us to understand God's love, right? And that's so much of what Jesus's ministry was about. Was like like the the way God was viewed at the time was so far away, so distant. Mm -hmm. Right. And Jesus, even though I take real issue with Jesus, you know, the terminology about God as father all the time in our context, that drives me crazy. But then it was a way of saying like, this is how close God can be to you. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I really like to see it more as like God's willingness to go to any length to, to help us understand God's love and to help us understand like I said earlier, that the, the worst thing we could imagine is is not the end. Mm-hmm. That there that there is something beyond that. But that's a lot of words for a <laughs> sticker. It's true. So would you think of this um more as an invitation into conversation? Like if that was sort of what this function of this bumper sticker was. What is the function of the bumper sticker? That goes back to the first question we, like, at the start of this conversation. Mm -hmm. I don't. So I'm going to go back to my Boston Globe article. I'll cite it. I will cite it. But what is interesting um, is that the, when it became more popular was when 
Roland Stewart, and I don't mm-hmm. know if you know him. I don't. He was a famous evangelical who wore a rainbow-colored wig mm. and danced with a John 316 sign behind the goalposts at football games and home plates at baseball games and backboards at basketball games. When was this? Does it say? 80s. Okay, so it was after God's Bill. Um, I can only yeah. think that maybe that's part of why. Like, why the clown um, costume? I don't understand, but maybe Godspell did that? I don't know. No, I don't know about the clown. I think what what Joseph Price, um, he works at Witter College. Yeah. Why did I, I said that wrong. But okay. the contrast between... Just say it with confidence. <laughs> um, but the contrast between his attire and his conservative sign raised curiosity how could someone who looked as though they were a hippie have such a standard conservative verse and like now he's serving like three consecutive life sentences where he like held a maid hostage in a los angeles hotel room and threatened to shoot down airplanes this is okay (laughs) but this is (laughs) what are we i don't this is what i don't understand like and here's a question. I don't know. Are people that are so fixated on sharing a message like that, right? Going to such great lengths. Are, are they dealing with some kind of inner turmoil that they can't, like, is it their desperate attempt? Is it a desperate attempt to find God because they know that something is going on? I'm not suggesting every single person that puts John 316 on anything is uh, potentially someone who needs to be serving consecutive life sentences, Right. But, like, I do think that there's times where when we're really going through something, like, we're so desperate for an answer that we could that we could put all of our focus or fixate on one. I, I don't know. That's a possible mm-hmm. solution. Because to just, again, to go back to what we talked about in the beginning, the intention confuses me unless it's just to make this statement that, like, mm-hmm. this is the way. Right? Mm-hmm couched in a message that sounds beautiful and invitational but can be clobbering mm-hmm. can be used to clobber yeah right because of just the sheer number of people who have felt mm-hmm. excluded and unloved yeah. when the whole point is to say god loved the world mm. it's really kind of a it just it's devastating to me. Mm. But yeah, would you ever find me with a Christian bumper sticker on my car? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But then I bought this bag. I was in Miami Beach. I bought this bag. They had this terrific bag made out of recycled bottles. And it's all like different um, artistic depictions of Jesus, which I'm fascinated oh, cool. by because I I always think it's interesting how white Jesus is and how blonde haired and blue dot, blue eyed and... And so I have this like weird fascination with Jesus art in general because I think it's so fascinating. And so mm-hmm. this bag is hysterical. It's like all bright colors. And and I I bought it and I use it. Like I take it to the beach. But then sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, what do people think? Like <laughs> this is the most outward Christian thing that I carry. And it's really because I have this like mm-hmm. fascination. Like how funny is it that this is what we think Jesus looks like? But like nobody else knows that. What do they think? I, I don't know. Like am I yes. sending this? Am I actually sending this? Is it is it the equivalent of like having a John three sixteen bumper sticker on my car? I don't yeah. know. I always really. I just need a lot longer with anybody who wants to have a conversation so we can hash it out. You yeah. know, but it's not a it's not a one liner. No. If you were to have like a a bumper sticker Bible, what what do you think you would I do? Know. I spent some time thinking about this because I really wanted to. Um, have like a really great passage for this. But what I would say, honestly, is each year at ECC, we choose a mm-hmm. theme for the summer and any of those themes, like any of those themes that we've chosen over the years would work for me. The greatest of these is love, faith, hope, and love abide. The greatest of these is love. Um, what more does the Lord require of you than to do justice and love kindness and walk humbly with God? Um, you are my child, my beloved, and with you I am well pleased. Uh, weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. Like all of these are 
passages of scripture that I don't think can be <laughs> not easily anyway, twisted to be about something else or to be something mm-hmm. exclusionary. Right. But something that kind of points to our, what's the process like how do you choose Mm, we get together it's really interesting we get together we call it jan plan in january all the counselors for the upcoming summer get together and we kind of go through a process of like what do we feel like the world needs like what do we need what's going on in our lives what what are our like questions right now or like our pain points right so 2021, it was weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning because we had canceled that summer because of COVID and we were all kind of coming out of our COVID experience and being back together again. And so they really wanted to focus on like the joy of reunion and being together. Um, But then we just choose it. um, We just, we kind of talk about things like topics that are relevant and then they spend some time looking through scripture and um, like they might look up a word that there was one summer that was about um, being tenderhearted. And so we, we talked about tenderness and looked that up. So it's like this process. I encourage them to go through the prayer book and like look at our Compline service. So that's, we chose this year, come to me all who are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Um, because that is a prayer we say together in Compline and the yoke is on the barn wall. And we were both returning to the barn after our period of construction, but also they liked that idea that we're not in this alone, right? That somebody helps us carry our burdens. Mm -hmm. And so it's always, it's an inch. I love it every year. It's so fascinating. And then we kind of vote and we talk through like which one we should choose. And Mm -hmm. we do write a theme song to go with it. And so, and we put it on a mural. So we try to keep it short. I mean, really it's the closest thing to a bumper sticker we have, right? Because we do a mural, on the wall and we kind of capture it in a snippet. Cause the idea is like, you know, the, um, this past summer, the bridge to the song we wrote was just my yoke fits. Well, there is no burden now. And like, I can't think of anything I would want more for the people who were with us last summer than to like have that line stuck in their head over and over and over again, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, I will give you rest or all of the ones that you are my beloved, like all of these words that we have sung, and and studied and like that's what I want people to hold mm-hmm. in their heart. Yeah, you could. That'd be a great ECC fundraiser. Make them all bumper stickers. I know. That's Take a picture of the mural. <laughs> make so them bumper true. stickers. I do. I want. True. I know. Yes, because I'm sure someone has taken a picture of it. Each oh yeah, year. we have a bunch of pictures. Actually, we've been kind of collecting them. We started. Into, it wasn't always a scripture passage. It was like, oh, you know. Or it was, I should say, the summer theme didn't always go up on that little theater wall, but we started mm-hmm. that in 2012 or 2013. Yeah. It's one I, of my favorite things we do. Because I think I was I, I was there mm-hmm. the summer that you first did it. And I think it was Mika something. Yeah, was, that was the Do but, Justice Love. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Love Kindness, Walk Humbly with God. Which is a good one. It is. And it's kind of gone from there. So yeah, that's, I mean, it's interesting. I didn't even think of that. It, thinking about this and being here I've been asking all these questions like what would we put what would we put but I love that process of having you know my teenagers and young adult staff help choose something and I think it really does I mean if you ask someone any summer they'd be able to go back and mm-hmm. you know they kind of enjoy being like what was the theme that summer what was it that summer you know thinking mm-hmm. through so I like to think it's entirely possible to choose a line of scripture that can stay with someone in a really meaningful way yeah. and then we spend the whole summer unpacking it you know Definitely. So. Awesome. Mm. Are there any last thoughts that you would like to share? Mm, no, I'm going to be so curious to listen to the other um, <laughs> bumper stickers that you're going to unpack in this. And it's funny because we are just in a geographic region where we don't see as much of that as in some mm. other parts of the, you know, the billboards and the bumper stickers. But they're, there's, they're there. They're out there. They are. And it's evidently on the bottom of your Forever 21 bag. So yeah. next time. Is that store still in the mall? This is, come on. Like, yeah. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I think it's in the Providence place. That's what I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only one, though. It's the only one I ever went to. I don't know. Oh, so it's out there. But you know what? I, like, I would just say to everybody, like, ask questions. Dig deep. Look it up. Mm-hmm. And in easy way, if you are curious about how the Episcopal church might think about any given thing you can always uh 
you know, the catechism is in the back of the prayer book. That's a great place to like go and what's a catechism? The catechism is the, it's the outline of our faith. And it's Mm. this great section way in the back of the prayer book. And like back in the 800, 800 and 800 page 845, an outline of the faith. And it's all questions about like, what is human nature? And what do we believe about redemption? We use redemption instead of salvation, which is Mm -hmm. interesting, but that's a great place. But also, even if you're just going to the Google, put in John 316 Episcopal and see what comes up because you're going to get a different, you know, it's, you're going to get more than Bible Gateway if you put in something like that. And you'll get mm-hmm. some um, sites or some sermons or some essays that will give you a sense of the, um, the way the Episcopal Church approaches some of these ideas and some of these little passages of scripture. And I think it's worthwhile. So dig deep. Don't take anything at face value. Awesome. That's what I have. So Megan, if we would like to connect with you on any social medias, what is the best way? So you can connect. I'm on I'm on Facebook and Instagram myself, Megan Kelly Brower, but I'm actually much more active on our Facebook page and Instagram page for the camp, which is the Episcopal Conference Center in Rhode Island. And I'd love for you to come and just take a look and see what we're up to there because there's some great ministry happening out there. Awesome. So. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It's great to be here. They lived not only in ages past, there are hundreds of thousands still. The world is bright with the joyous saints who love to do Jesus' will. You can meet them in school, or in lanes, or at sea, in church, or in trains, or in shops, or at tea. For the saints of God are just folk like me, and I mean to be one too. Thank you for listening to Tea Time Theology, a ministry of St. John's Cathedral in Rhode Island. We would like to thank our producers, Ivy Swinsky and Taylor Wilkie. Special thanks to Moa Conde and David Hines for our music. Our sponsors, the Episcopal Diocese of Rhode Island, and the Right Reverend Nicholas Nisley, as well as our guests today. Follow us at Tea Time Theology on all social medias.